The South African Jewish Board of Deputies is the organization that engages with the South African government on behalf of the Jewish community. Join Cherie Zephard for the next hour to find out what the SAJBD has been up to. 101.9 High FM. Is South Africa ready for a corruption amnesty? An opinion piece in the Daily Maverick by four top legal minds seem to think so. Robert, Robert Applebaum, Gavin Rome, Sichaba Mohapi and Ryan Hopkins have written a piece entitled A Corruption Amnesty Would Help South Africa Escape the Bonds of State Capture. I'm delighted to have advocate Gavin Rome in studio to look at what a corruption amnesty would actually mean. Um, Gavin, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Sharice. It's quite a brave piece in today's environment to write it. What prompted you to think about a uh, corruption amnesty? Uh, the general impasse, uh, which has been uh, prevalent in the, the last two years, and the frustration with processes. Uh, so there are many people who are proposing solutions uh, to amnesty, but uh, I and my colleagues who wrote the article, uh, really over a, a series of informal discussions, uh, came up with the idea uh, that what is needed is something which had been discussed before and had been sort of fallen away um, uh, and had been, uh, to extent, uh, dismissed out of hand, uh, was the possibility of uh, a using a amnesty as a tool, uh, one tool, uh, in the fight towards a regenerated, less corrupt, and, dare I say, uh, clean South Africa. Uh, the uh, and, and as we researched uh, the possibility, we came across the, uh, an incredible example of how Hong Kong, uh, in the, the 1970s, was able to transition from being what regarded as one of Asia's most corrupt societies, with one of its most corrupt police forces, to a country which scores well on corruption indexes and uh, has a police force which is regarded or came to be regarded as one of Asia's finest. Uh, the, you know, the, the Hong Kong corruption story resonated uh, because it was really endemic, uh, and uh, the it, it so much so that citizens were ensnared in the web of c- corruption. And the popular saying in Hong Kong at the time, as uh, they used the bus analogy, I suppose that's the uh, the British legacy. So citizens were either uh, you either got on the bus, which means you participated in a bribe whether the giving or the receiving, generally the giving, because you were interacting as a citizen with state officials, or uh, you stood next to the bus uh, and watched corruption going down, a a mere observer. But what you never did was get in front of the bus of corruption because then you got knocked down. And that was uh, the the, the language of Hong Kong in the 1970s. And they were one of the the, uh, tools which they had, was to transition out of that was an amnesty. So we're going to take a break, and after the break, we're going to look at where we are in in the process and how an amnesty can actually help. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to Gavin Rome, who is an advocate and one of uh, four authors who've written a piece on whether a corruption amnesty would help South Africa escape the bonds of state capture. When I think of an amnesty, Gavin, I'm thinking, have we given up on the legal process? That's uh, The give up phraseology has been part of the, the response um, uh, which we've received uh, to the article. So um, if I can just 
talk quickly about the critique. Um, the piece which we wrote is a fairly considered piece. It's, uh, it's long in short, in its shortened form in the Daily Maverick. Uh, but we spent a considerable amount of time, uh, and there is a long journal-like academic piece on it. Uh, and the mere suggestion of the amnesty and seemed to raise people's anger. And that's understandable. We write in the article that we do understand that uh, it would be a bitter pill to swallow uh, because there is much talk. Uh, I think the phrase uh, was coined by our archbishop is it's time for the orange onesies, uh, the orange uh, jumpsuits. And we, we, we do understand that anger and we participate in the anger. We think, uh, however, that there has been in terms of the critique that it would be giving up is that people haven't necessarily uh, considered uh, the article or the proposal as articulated by us in any uh, detail. Uh, there's been uh, an element of knee-jerkism, we think, in the response, uh, because we are not proposing uh, that we give up in the fight against corruption. We are proposing this as a tool in the fight against corruption. And we are saying that in the South African context, uh, retributive justice, in other words, having somebody appear in a criminal court and uh, be convicted is not a process we can afford uh, because of the years it's going to take. Um, so we say we suggest another tool. Uh, we, The infamous Stalingrad defenses are facing anybody who is a successful beneficiary of state capture, well-resourced. Uh, so we are trying to come up with uh, methodologies in which there can be accountability uh, uh, and one would hope that the proposal would work hand in hand with disgorgement uh, and disclosure, a conditional amnesty. And so we uh, we think it's uh, contrary to giving up. It's uh, a rather a means of uh, finding a creative solution to an intractable problem. Where are we with the legal process? Uh, I, you know, Sharice. A few years ago, I wrote an article for the Jewish Report comparing uh, the corruption a tale of two countries, South Africa and uh, Israel. And I said, in Israel, we are sitting in a point in time. It was just after, uh, I can't remember whether it was an ex-prime minister, an ex-chief rabbi, or an ex-president uh, had been convicted. Uh, and I contrasted that with the South African situation in which uh, we really have to look very hard to find a successful prosecution in the last 25 years of any cabinet minister. Um, there's only one charge sheet which we know of. So our frustration is we appear to be nowhere. Uh, Well-resourced individuals uh, uh, and those prosecutions which have proceeded have been somewhat of a debacle. And one thinks of uh, the botched prosecution uh, in the Estina dairy process. Uh, so uh, the frustration is mounting uh, and it's all very well for uh, people to say who are in positions of power in the, uh, in the prosecuting authority that they are aghast at a, pro at a uh, prosecuting proposal, an amnesty proposal. Uh, but I, I, we would be suggesting that we don't have the time. Uh, it, there is a desperate need, we, we suggest, to, besides anything else, get recovery of state funds, um, of state stolen funds. And the estimates as to what has been looted from the economy is in the trillions. Uh, and we think that this is a a quick, not a quick fix, but a quicker and more effective method to replenish uh, state, uh, state coffers. So what are you asking people to do? So we are hoping, firstly, to get a civil debate going, uh, a debate in which uh, the uh, 
unfortunately, there have been some ad hominem attacks. That's just a fancy legal way of saying playing the man and not the ball uh, on uh, uh, certainly some of my co-authors, which we find risable uh, and petty and unhelpful. So we're hoping to have a civil discourse uh, and that people will uh, engage seriously with the idea and that we can move to a process where what is proposed is understood. Uh, what, is, what is your proposal? So our proposal is that there are uh, the, the first component of it is we've drawn on previous amnesty experiences and we require full disclosure. So you do not get amnesty unless you make a full disclosure, much like we had there, which many listeners will be familiar with the exchange control amnesty. You had to give uh, full disclosure of what funds you had abroad, which, by the way, resulted in significant uh, financial recoveries. Estimates are from the last one at least 47 billion rand. That, so that's the first requirement. If there is no full disclosure, you either don't get amnesty or the amnesty which you thought you had uh, is revoked and you can be uh, prosecuted. The second is that those applying for amnesty agree that whatever they disclose can be used in evidence and forms part of the public record. So that we suggest will enable a reinvigorated NPA to uh, pursue those who don't apply for amnesty. And the third, the principal requirement is disgorgement and full accounting uh, of that which you've received with an element of discretion. We are trying not to be overly prescriptive because we want the conversation to, to get going. Uh, we're trying not to be prescriptive at all, in fact. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, the principle being that there is disgorgement of ill-gotten gains and ill-gotten profits. Kevin, once, um, will people feel comfortable to disclose this in an amnesty. And in looking at Hong Kong, I mean, I, I'd be curious to know how Hong Kong, how effective that amnesty yes. was. So this is, has to be a cooperative uh, process. Uh, going back to carrot and stick theories or game theories, if there is uh, no stick, uh, the s- carrot, which is the, uh, uh, the amnesty, uh, is never going to be attractive. Uh, so uh, people, unless there are arrests, and credible threats of effective prosecutions. And unless some arrests are made, we are doubtful that uh, this process can work. So the first step is arrests? Yes. We, uh, the first step, if, the amne- if there were to be an amnesty, much as which happened with the exchange control uh, 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 amnesty, is that the authorities swooped on and arrested prominent people and within various communities. And the nervousness uh, uh, of those arrests uh, generated... Uh, uh, disclosure from others. Okay, so the first step is arrest. Second step? Uh, the second step will, is to, uh, in the process, would be the, the process of applying for amnesty. Right. Uh, and uh, th- that process would, could take months, uh, could take years, but it would be an amnesty process. Not every application, of course, uh, would take uh, months or years. An application for uh, a fairly discreet offense of corruption uh, would... Um, uh, be um, uh, something which could be applied for and granted, uh, presumably within a short period of time. But one would need to have uh, in in that process. Of course, this requires legislation. So the, okay. the proposal is something which we are hoping to have uh, out there in the public realm, and hopefully people are listening uh, and uh, hearing that this is not something which is a what we have referred to as a get out of jail free card or something which allows miscreants to walk away, but a process which can help in assisting what we refer to as the surly bonds of state capture.
So what's the end game? That people come in, they give full disclosure, they in turn receive amnesty. Next step. Uh, the next step uh, would be, of course, the recovery of the funds. Ah, uh, so uh, which which is probably a better way of getting it than a criminal. Yes, uh, well, we, there's an incentive to apply. So we draw heavily on game theory, uh, but we think that this is the one advantage which our critics haven't engaged with is uh, how does one quickly uh, and most effectively. Uh, recover from uh, the legacy of state capture, and that is uh, replenishing the fiscus. And uh, we have previous experience in South Africa as to how effective an exchange control uh, amnesty was concerned. And people have, our critics have poo-pooed the exchange control amnesty, thinking, well, that's just sort of like a municipal fine. It was a crime to have funds offshore, but it was compounded by the fact that the fiscus was being cheated. There was a fraud in the fiscus in that funds offshore were, were earning income which were not being reported for income tax purposes. So those who were lucky enough to have funds overseas received the benefit of not paying income uh, until the assets had to be disclosed. Gavin, we have to leave it there, but congratulations on thinking out of the box. It's actually up to us ordinary citizens to kind of find a way forward in this country and I'm appreciative of the work that you're doing together with your colleagues, and I hope that after the initial shock reaction, people do start engaging and looking at a way to take the country forward. Thank you very much for your time. I must just say this, compared to to, uh, the COVID virus, for which there are no creative immediate solutions, uh, uh, amnesty for corruption seems like a human-made problem with human-made readily available solutions. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. That was Gavin Rome, an advocate who has um, is suggesting an amnesty for corruption.